Well, good morning, everybody. Morning. <clears throat> All right. No one's awake. Awesome. Um, no, good morning. My name is uh, Michael, and I'm on staff here at uh, Warehouse Church, and uh, we are between pastors right now, and so um, you're going to see over the next few weeks some familiar faces from inside the church um, speaking about stuff that is on our heart and stuff that we hope will be on your heart um, when we are done. And uh, I'm really excited to share something that is near and dear to my heart. Um, no, it is not tithing. I already did that. Um, I know that would be appropriate for the Thanksgiving season, but it's not that. Um, we just we did that not long ago, so uh, today it'll be something else. Um, but uh, <clears throat> something that's near and dear to my heart is one of the values that we have here at our church. You know, we've been talking this year a lot about um, our values and who we are as a church, who we want to be in the direction that we're going. And one of our values is to think legacy. Think legacy. And uh, what that basically means is, what do you want your legacy to be uh, in the future? And what do you want to leave behind when you're gone? Right? Because we know this life is short. Um, but what do we want our families, our friends? What do we want um, our church body? Um, what do we want life to look like after we're gone? And how do we prepare for that? Okay, and so uh, we're going to talk a lot about that today, um, especially from a spiritual standpoint, because when we think about the church body um, and the spiritual legacy that we're going to leave behind, what is it that we want it to look like after we're gone? So we're going to talk about that today, and actually, um, Jesus talks about this in the New Testament. So... Jesus has already died and ascended from the grave, and he's talking to his disciples, and um, he's about to ascend back into heaven. This is the last thing that he tells his disciples, okay, the very, very last thing that he tells them. Um, and this is probably the most important thing that he tells them in his time on earth, okay? This is the very, he had an opportunity to say one last thing to his followers, and this is what he chose, and you'll find it in Matthew, um, it's called the Great Commission, and it goes something like this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. All right? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That was his greatest command to his disciples as he was leaving. Go and share everything that I have shared with you, and... Um, Continue it. Continue the legacy. Keep teaching. Keep repeating everything that I've taught you so that people can know me, to know Jesus, right? Um, and so we're going to talk about that today because I think one of the most intimidating things about sharing Jesus with people is what to say, right? What do I say? What do I do? What do I... Um, it can be very intimidating because oftentimes we don't always feel like we are spiritual enough or maybe not holy enough, or um, we can feel like we don't know enough about the Bible to speak to our family, our friends, co-workers about Jesus. Um, but I, what I want to do today is to give you a simple four-step process, okay? A four-step process that you can go through with anyone and teach them what it means to actually follow Jesus, 
okay? And I think it's very appropriate as we come upon this time of Thanksgiving and Christmas and holidays because you're going to be spending probably more time uh, than you typically are with your family and your friends and your coworkers and so on. Um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for you to share, and I hope that you take it um, because anybody can do this. It's so easy. Um, and so I encourage you to take notes and follow along. And just like Lori talked about earlier, I encourage you, if you're on the Bible app, to save our events. Or you can scan one of the barcodes around the room here. It'll take you right to it. Um, that way you'll always have it on your phone. You'll have it with you. And you'll have this process with you very easily so that you can explain to somebody, hey, are you interested in knowing more about following Jesus? Like, here, here's how you do it. So easy. Anybody can do it, and I'm excited to dive in. Um, so when we talk about having an, a relationship with Jesus, right, not just knowing that he exists or acknowledging it, but actually knowing Jesus, the first thing that we have to fully understand is that God loves you, right? God loves you, and he created you to know him personally, okay? And he has a plan for your life, okay? That is, thank you, thank you Josh. Um, that, is, that is the most important thing that we have to understand from the get-go is how much God is wild about you, okay? Like, God is nuts over you, okay? He loves you so much, he just can't stand it. And it's hard for me to put that into words, uh, even though I've experienced it myself, and a lot of you are probably the same way. You think, man, God just loves me so much, and I want to explain to this to somebody, but it's just so hard for me to talk about because how do you put that into words? It's okay. Just give it a shot and, and, and just think about how much God loves you. Um, he loves you a lot, um, so much that the Bible tells us in John um, that he gave his only son for you, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, Right? We know that verse, if you've grown up in church or if you've been around church at all, you've probably heard that verse before, um, but it's so true, and it, it's, its meaning is not lost, even after all these years, that God loves you so, so, so much that he sent your son to be a sacrifice for you, and we'll talk more about that here in a moment, but um, that's how crazy he is about you. He knows literally everything about you and still likes you. Think about that, all right? I know there are days when I wake up and I feel very unlikable. And there are days when I go to work and I have a bad day and a phone call rubs me the wrong way and I know that I am unlikable. But God doesn't care about that. He loves you anyway. He likes you. Kind of a big deal. And he has a plan for your life. Okay? He has a plan for your life. He loves you and has a plan for your life. I think we get too caught up and we complicate this. Um, a lot of following Jesus is just making up things to complicate it more, right? We, we're really, we're all bad for that. We're humans, right? Um, and, we, and we get complicated in, 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 or we overcomplicate things and we get confused about God's plan for my life. You know, what am I supposed to major in in college? Or what am I, who am I supposed to marry? What job am I supposed to have? Where am I supposed to go here and there and the other? We add so much in our minds to this process. God only has one plan for your life, and it's found in Scripture, also in John, and says this, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ. That's it, right? God just wants you to know him. 
that that's his plan for your life, to know him, right? To really know him in a personal way, in the same way that you would know a friend or a family member or your coworker, but it's so much deeper than that. And God just wants you to know him. He's dying for you to know him because he already knows you, right? He knows how great you are, but he just wants you to know how great he is. And he wants, he wants you to come into that side of the relationship and know him better. And that's what we're talking about today is, is how to do that. So we know that he loves us and uh, we know that he cares about us and has a plan for us, but there's a problem. All right, there's a big problem. And that brings us to our next point. People, as us, we are sinful. And we are born separated from God. And honestly, we cannot expect to know him personally on our own strength. Right? Um, we are sinful and separated. Right? God is perfect. He is this perfect being. He is um, free from any guilt or shame or sin. And we uh, are not. We are not perfect people. And it's hard for perfection and non-perfection to be together naturally. Okay? Sin separates us from that. And the Bible speaks about that here in Romans. Uh, we'll start in 3.23. It says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay? That's everybody. Right? That's me. That's you. It's everybody. Um, we all, we're all sinful. Um, and the Bible goes on to say in Romans 6.23 that the wages of that sin is death. Okay? Well, a wage, we know, is something that we earn. Okay? We, you, get, you get a wage for doing your job um, and so on. So what we are basically earning from that sin is death. All right? We're all going to experience um, physical death, but this is more of a spiritual death. Okay? Our sin causes us spiritual death, away from this loving father that is just wild and crazy about us and loves us so much. And I think sometimes we have to take a step back because uh, in uh, the church and in Christianity, sometimes we use a lot of words that can be confusing to people who aren't as familiar with it. Um, we use a lot of words that sound normal to us in everyday conversation because maybe we've grown up in the church or we've been around it a lot and it just sounds normal. A friend of mine in college called it Christianese and that really stuck with me, right? Sometimes we just talk a little bit too much Christianese and it's hard for people around us to understand what in the world we're talking about. So today I'm gonna to try to help with that. Um, we talk about sin a lot in the church and that sin is bad and you shouldn't do it and so on and so forth, but what is sin, right? Sin is actually, in the Greek, an archery term. If you're familiar with uh, bow and arrows. Um, when you shoot a bow and arrow, where do you want to hit? Target. Target, bullseye, bingo, all right. So when you shoot a bow and arrow, you want to hit the bullseye, right in the middle, okay? So we're gonna call that perfection. If you hit the bullseye, that's a perfect shot, and you've hit it, right? Sin is everything else, okay? On on the target. Sin is everything else in Greek. Sin is missing the mark, right? You have missed the mark of perfection with your arrow, so it is sin, okay? So that is how that term morphed its way into our Christian settings and in our church world because basically that is what sin is for us, right? It is missing the mark of perfection, right? Jesus is perfection, 
and we try, but we miss it because we are born naturally sinful. And so when you hear the term sin or when you think about your sin, that's, that's pretty much all it is. It's just, it's just missing the mark of perfection, right? And, and in our lives, we try our very best to overcome our sin and the bad things that we do, and we try to counteract those sometimes with good things, right? We try our very best to overcome our sinful nature by doing things that we feel like are good and not sinful to try to balance it out, right? I've got a graphic that I think explains that really well up here. So, basically, we are people, right? That's us. We're people. We're down here. And God is above us, right? So that's kind of the visual that we've always had is that he's in heaven and he's above us. And then we have all these arrows that are pointing up to God, okay? And so... If it makes you feel any better and it makes you understand it better, we can actually just, you know, name them with, with some things that we are trying to do to get to God, okay? An arrow can be, you know, one of them is going to church and one of them is reading your Bible and one of them is praying and another one can be helping old ladies across the street. I don't know, whatever, whatever you feel like you are doing in your life to try to get to God, okay? And all those are good, very good things that God wants you to do to know him better. But what do we notice about all of them. Do any of them get there? No. No, they don't. None of the arrows quite get to God. You know, we spend our whole lives trying to do things to get to God, but none of them actually get there, right? Our sinful nature keeps us separated from Him. You know, we're always trying on our own strength to do all these things to get closer to God, but our sinful nature keeps us from that. It separates us from God when we miss the mark of perfection. Well, that sounds kind of depressing, doesn't it? Right? So far, we know that God loves us, but we know that we can't do a darn thing about it um, on our own strength because we are born sinful. But, as with everything in life, there's a solution. And that brings us to our third point. Jesus is God's solution to our sin, right? Through him alone, we can know God personally, okay? God knows that you're sinful, but he doesn't want to leave you where you are. As with everything else in life, he's got a solution, and his solution is his son, Jesus, right? Who came as a sacrifice for our sins, to bridge that gap between us and Jesus that our sin creates, okay? Um, the Bible speaks about this in Romans. It says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's so special. God knows everything about you. You know, we, we hit on that earlier. He knows about your pride and your shame, the good and the bad. He knows about everything in your life that you've regretted doing last night, last week, last year, last decade. Um, he knows everything about you and all the things that you wish you could take back. Those defining moments that you know were horrible and wrong, God knows about them. He doesn't care about them. He just cares about you, Right? He doesn't care about, he just cares about you and is so wild about you that he just wants to know you in a personal way and know you better. And uh, he wants you to know him even better. He just wants you to know him. And the way we do that is through Jesus, right? He knows everything about you, but still let his son die to be a sacrifice to bridge that gap, right? 
So now we're going to take a look at that graphic again, and we're going to see how it differs. So before we had people doing everything we can to get to God. But you'll notice a distinct difference in this graphic over the last one, right? Here, God comes down to his people, right? That is so, so special. That This is what differs Christianity from every other religion in the world, okay? Every other religion in the world says that you have to do something first to earn your way to something else, right? And in, I think in our, um, especially in our American culture, we are uh, pressured for success and for accomplishing things all the time. That's not how God operates. God operates in that he comes to you and meets you exactly where you are in all of your mess that your life may be in, right? God meets you exactly there because that's where he wants you. It's where he wants to meet you because he loves you, right? That's so special. And Jesus kind of bridges that gap, see, through the cross. And he was our sacrifice for that to overcome our sinful nature so that we can know God. We can know this perfect being in spite of being so imperfect ourselves. And I think um, when we talk about following Jesus and what it means to follow Jesus, this is where a lot of people get off us, all right? Especially in our Bible Belt culture where we live, um, Christianity more of a cultural norm um, than it can be a truth that people live by, you know? It could, it could be something that people recognize is probably true, but they just don't do anything about it, right? People know that God loves them. They know they're sinful. They know that Jesus is a sacrifice, right? And they, they can know all those things their whole life. But that's not quite everything God is looking for, right? It's not enough just to know these things. We actually have to do something about it. And... That brings us to the final point of what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus, and it's this. We must individually receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Then we can know him personally and experience his love. All right? We, we've all got a choice to make in this world. Who are we going to follow? Is it us or is it Jesus? Right? And when you take hold of the knowledge of these things that God does love you and you're sinful, but he overcomes that sin for you. Those are all great things, but we have to do something about it. And that means making a choice to stop following ourselves and to start following him, right? The Bible tells us in Ephesians, in the New Testament, it says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, okay? Grace is an undeserved gift, more or less, for the purpose of understanding this verse. It's this undeserved gift that you have been uh, saved through faith. And it's not by yourselves. It's a gift from God. And it's not by works so that no one can boast. We just talked about that earlier with our first graphic, right? We're trying to do all these works and trying our best to get to Jesus, but we don't ever get there, right? Because it's not by works. That's not the purpose so that no man can boast. Like none of us can say that we are closer to Jesus than anybody else because we do more stuff, right? It's not how God operates. It is a free gift that anybody can have, but you have to accept it, 
right? You have to accept this gift from God. And God is going to continue to love you no matter if you choose to follow him or not. But he desperately wants you to know him, right? He already knows you, but he wants you to know him in a deeper, greater way. And it's the most beautiful thing ever. I just, I can't put into words how it will change your life or someone you love, right? I mean, I'm sure that we can think of people in our lives and in our families, in our workplace, or maybe even in this room that have spent their whole life chasing something other than Jesus, right? And it just never works out. It's exhausting, right? To just chase after success and, and chase after trying to get through this world on our own strength. This world sucks sometimes, a lot of the times, you know? But, uh, but God doesn't. And it's so much easier when we just tell him, look, I can't do this anymore. You roll with it. I'll just follow you. What a relief to know that we don't have to navigate this world by ourselves, that he will take care of us. Such a relief. Um, but in order to know God personally, we, we have to make that choice, right? It's an active choice that we have to make. God already knows us. God's already waiting there for us. But we have to make a choice to let down our guard and let him in. Right? The Bible tells us in Revelation, this is Jesus speaking, he says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Right? Isn't that a beautiful thing? Like God just wants to come in and share a meal and share your life with you, right? And he already knows you, and he's standing at the door knocking. Y'all ever felt God tugging at your heart? I have. He's standing at the door, and he's knocking, and he's waiting for you to make the decision to open the door and let him in, right? That is what it means to enter into a relationship with, with Jesus. And it's not just about eternal life. Like, that's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But it's about knowing God in a more personal way while we're here and helping other people experience that love because it's, it's just like nothing else on earth to, to have that kind of relief. But you've got to let him in. And that means letting go of control. That's hard for us. You know, I'm, I'm an accountant for a living and I, I have the type of personality that I like to take control and do it right now and do it my way because my way is faster. And I think it's so hard for us to realize that we're not in control, right? God's in control anyway, so we might as well just give it up and, and let him roll with it and trust him and get to know him as he na helps us navigate through the different areas of our life. And so we have to make that choice and we have to do it ourselves, but what does that look like, you know? I think that can be really intimidating for people because some people may think, oh, like I've got to follow Jesus, I've got to go to this church, and I've got to do this thing, and I've got to do this. No. We already went over that. You cannot earn your way into a relationship with Jesus, right? All it takes is you just talking to him. It's so easy. Just talk to him and, and pray with him, and it can be really short and simple. Um, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and invite the band back up as we do this as well. Um, 
as we enter this time of reflection because I want you all to, to take this prayer I'm about to share with you to heart. It's really short and simple and see if it expresses the desires of your heart. For many of you, it already does. So for some of you, it may not. Um, for some of your family members, it may, it may not. Um, but they may get there. Right? So if, if you are interested in entering into a personal relationship, not just a knowledge, but a relationship with Jesus Christ, it can be so easy. Or if you're helping or wanting to help a family member, a co anybody in your life enter into this wonderful relationship with Jesus, it can be as simple as a prayer that goes something like this. God, I want to know you personally. I know that I'm sinful, and I thank you for sacrificing your son so that I can know you personally. Thank you for forgiving me. Take control of my life and lead me to where you want me to be. Amen. That's it. It's so easy. It's so easy just to give up trying to control everything and just let Jesus do it. Right? Who better to help you navigate the uncertainties of your life than someone who already knows your strengths and weaknesses better than anybody else? Who better? You know? Just someone who knows you and loves you in spite of you wants to help you. That's the best feeling in the world. And it can be as simple as praying a simple prayer. It takes just a few seconds to say, God, I can't do this by myself. I need you. That's it. That's all it takes. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. So maybe you're here today and you want to help somebody in your life know Jesus in a greater way. Well, now you do. And now you know how easy it is to explain to somebody, hey, let me just open the Bible and share with you these quick things. Like this is all it means to follow Jesus. We, we try to overcomplicate it because we're human beings, but it doesn't have to be. God just loves you and wants you to know him better. Or maybe you're here and you may not have a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, if you look at this prayer and if that, if that expresses some kind of desire that's in your heart, if you think that you feel God knocking on the door of your heart, there's no time like the present. Um, I'll appear uh, after service um, or during this time of reflection. I would love to talk to you more about it. Uh, or maybe you say, you know what, this sounds attractive to me, but I just have a lot of questions and I'm not ready today. Okay. Ask questions. I would love to help you through that process and just talk more about what it means to really, really follow Jesus um, and, to, and to make Him the leader of your life. Um, I would love, love to talk to you more about that. Um, and like I said, it, you know, in this time of reflection, or if you want to hit me up or a leader in this church after service is over, later this week, whatever, we, we would love to talk to you about it. Um, and like I said, if not, this is, this is something that you can share with anybody in your life today. Today, it's so easy. You know, look at your notes or look at the Bible app and like, you know, save this event, refer back to these notes. It's so easy to talk to people about Jesus, right? It's so easy. God just wants you to know Him. He already knows you. He just wants you to know Him. Let's pray. God, thank you so, so much for this day. Thank you for um, thank you for everything, God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love and your and your mercy, God. Your this this undeserved gift that we get to take advantage of because you love us so much. Um, thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Um, 
God, thank you for giving us your word and giving us all the tools that we need to share Jesus with others. Um, God, we, we invite our loved ones to church. Some of them just may not want to come. This is a way that we can bring you to them. God, to give us the strength to do it. Uh, God, take away our insecurities that we may have in talking about you in an open way. God, help us think about our legacy and the things that we leave behind and the believers that we want to leave behind as we go. Um, God, I love you and I thank you so much for this opportunity. And I pray these things in your name. Amen.